0: Hello and welcome to another Architecture Podcast. I'm George Bradley, architect and director of London-based studio Bradley van der Straten. This podcast is for anyone who is interested in going behind the scenes of designing a house. I talk to architects and designers from around the world about how they create inspirational places to live. In this episode, I'm joined by Matthew Barnett Howland, designer and builder of the amazing Cork House. I love this project, as not only is it unique as the only building to ever be built out of cork, but it's also a beautiful house, entirely demountable and made only from plant-based materials. It's received a lot of international recognition, including being shortlisted for the Sterling Prize and winning the Man Prize in 2019. For me, this is one of the most inspiring houses to be built in the last decade. I'm very excited to have Matthew as a guest on the show and to be finding out more about how this project was designed. I hope you enjoy listening. Hello, Matthew. Thank you so much for joining the podcast today.
1: Yeah, pleasure. It's always uh, good to have a chance to talk about some of the bigger and broader issues behind the little cork house.
0: Well, can you tell me about the idea for the cork house? I'm really interested to know about how the idea to build a house out of cork originated.
1: So the original idea uh, wasn't so much to do with cork necessarily. It came from a um, practicing as a number of years, uh, like, like most architects and just building with, uh, the usual typical range of, uh, building materials and construction systems and typologies, um, which are sort of, you know, as you know, are, uh, often, uh, you know, quite often cement-based, uh, petrol-based, um, a whole range of different, uh, physical characteristics all different materials and they're all glued and screwed together and this introduces a whole load of complexity across the whole building life cycle Uh, and i was interested in sort of just questioning that really um or or i guess slightly challenging it in 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 a in a sort of rhetorical project um, which the court has is to some extent so just trying to build um a building envelope out of a single plant-based Material without any mortar or glue, uh, and in a way uh, addressing the construction uh, at each stage of the building's life cycle.
0: And and so it's it's almost started as a as a research project. How did it then? Come yeah, that was yes yes that was the hypothesis really. And around the same time or
1: over that same period, uh, we had a few conversations with various different people about cork. Um, and then I looked into getting using it on the end of our uh, solid brick Georgian house as a form of external wall insulation, uh, a quick, as as a breathable form of insulation suitable for use with um, the solid brick construction. Uh, and then it's sort of evolved and we started to realise, well, it, it, it's, it's uh, so it's, used, it's obviously its primary use is insulation. Uh, and then we found out that it's been, been used since about 2000 uh, as an external facade cladding product. Um, we all know um, as sons and daughters of architects uh, from the 70s and 80s that cork can be used in bathrooms and kitchens as an, ex- as an internal finish. Um, and then we looked a bit more and we saw that it had some load-bearing capacity. It's often used uh, underneath um, heavy machineries and anti-vibration uh, insulation. Uh, and so then you start to sort of get a picture. Actually, you know, maybe this, maybe this one material could fulfill all the roles of the building envelope uh, one and the same time uh, and in a funny way uh, it, it, we always we now sort of say that it it does all of those things just about well enough <laughs> so it doesn't really exceed anywhere in each of those roles there are materials that are better than cork um, yeah but uh, yeah it is an um, it is a quite a unique material in a way because it can deal with the weather um it's very good with moisture transfer uh, it's, it's breathable it doesn't seem to you know it's has been like Timber, if you if you let it drain and, and uh, it doesn't rot, um, yes, yeah, so, and uh, so far um, it seems seems to be fulfilling all those roles pretty well.
0: I mean I think I don't think it's an understatement to say that this project is groundbreaking. I mean you've mentioned that cork has been used for for cladding and insulation. I know we've we've used it on a project for for insulation because it was breathable and it was an old building. Um there's a, a fairly well-known project called I think they've also called it Cork House but by Nimtim Architects where they've used it as a cladding on the outside, cladding on the inside, really beautiful project. Mm. Um but nobody's used it before or doesn't seem to be that anybody's ever used mm. it before as a structural material. Why do you think that this hasn't been done before? Uh, I think there's a very simple answer to that, <laughs> which is that um,
1: structurally it's limited. So it, it, it creeps. So you know, I think if we're going to go to two or three or more stories, um, it would be more of a hybrid system where you would probably introduce. Timber uh, battens into the into the into the onto the middle of the cork wall. Probably, Um, it just isn't suitable. Um, I mean, obviously, it's carrying. You know, we 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 and you have to design that creep. And then if you have a staircase from ground to first floor, obviously that's going to create issues. um, And it's an unpredictable level of creep depending on how much load is on a particular. Piece of wall, so on the cork house, um, I've spoken about before. Is in, in one area in particular, um, a section of wall is under much more load than in the rest of the house, and that crept more. And then uh, we had to uh, we had to retrospectively um, jack up uh, one of the cross beams, take the load off that wall, put in some uh, beef up the battens that are in the wall for the windows and doors anyway, and then and they now take some of the load in that area. So anyway, the long and the short of it is, it's very limited
0: structurally so it came with its complexities then because I, what I love about the design is almost the simplicity of it mm. and how you can imagine it's kind of like lego blocks you can imagine um something like this becoming widely available people can build their own house and it's a case of interlocking blocks is there a lot more sort of hidden complexity to that and challenges that you face
1: uh yeah so another another limitation obviously is fire um like a lot of biorenewable products um, it burns uh, and obviously, that is an incredibly complex conversation. It's difficult to uh, generalise, as you know. There's a whole. Uh, well, I think yesterday was the last day, wasn't it, in the consultation of the government's new um, policy about timber and tall buildings? Uh, and you know, when you we came into contact with some quite serious fire experts during the court research project, uh, and I've been watching some of their posts about. The, the, the conversation between government and the timber industry. And they're saying, look, you know, it is actually an incredibly um, complicated issue and not one to oversimplify and say that timber is just brilliant and performs brilliantly and should be used in tall buildings. It, it basically needs a lot more research uh, on the cork house. Again, you know, you have, you, we characterize the material uh, in fire tests, arab extrapolated as engineers, a fire Engineered scheme for this specific project. Um, so, it, it, but again, it's the point is it's limited. You know, we had to have in, you had to have sprinklers internally um, along one along one and a half walls uh, adjacent to the neighbouring property. We had to put um, class A rated uh, timber cladding. So again, you know, it, it brings limitations uh, in terms of fire. Uh, and of other complexity would be fabrication. Yeah, there's a lot of, you know, <laughs> to make the lovely, simple structural idea work, which, you know, goes back thousands of years, The the construction typology, where it's just one thing, one piece of stone placed on another piece of stone. And that's really where the tectonic of the architecture comes from. You just swap in cork for stone, essentially, into some of those lovely old, uh, Mayan buildings, or some of the stuff on the west coast of um, Ireland, or in the s- or in Puglia, in in, in the southern part of Italy. Um, but to make that work, um, we did it did require uh, 21st century um, fabrication technology. So quite a lot of robotic CNC um, milling, to achieve the contemporary
0: performance standards required for for building regulations. Is that something that's been done before, so using CNC and making bespoke shaped blocks as you did for this house? Yeah, yeah,
1: I'm sure, yes, yes. I mean, that that's basically how log cabins are When you actually look into some of the slightly more upmarket versions of, of log cabins, you know, they're quite serious um, manufacturing outfits, you know, and we actually tried to get see when, uh, when we were doing the courthouse, house uh, and actually they wouldn't let us for industrial espionage reasons. yeah <laughs> 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 um, So yeah, so anyway, um, and obviously because yeah, so each block is 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 machined on five of its six faces, Um, so there's quite a lot of machining. But we have got it down. We we've rationalised that since we finished the courthouse. We we're still working on it, and we've got each block down to under five minutes now. Which obviously reduces the cost
0: clearly as well as reducing the complexity. So what, what do you mean by that? So you're you're still working on it. Is, does that mean there's something else in development then to take this one step further?
1: Yeah, yeah. we've got a client um, for a nice um, – um, he, he owns a nice uh, modern 1960s listed building on a country estate in Oxfordshire, um, and he's a bit of a timber nut. Uh, and he seems to be very set on the idea of building Cork House 2.0, um <laughs> so we'll see how that goes shall we yeah
0: well as is often the case the architect is the the guinea pig of the idea you you kind of are the test bed. um i think it'd be good actually to talk a little bit about that because also what's quite unique about the project is um you're the designer it was a design collaboration with um dido milne and oliver wilton um but you also built the house um and as i understand you live in the house as well Yeah,
1: I did build it. That was also one of the key motivations, which I haven't talked about, um, which is slightly under the radar uh, because it's quite a personal (laughs) motivation. Um, I've always been a sort of, how can I put it, a haptic person, let's say. Uh, (laughs) Quite a physical person. um, And I enjoy what's interesting about being an architect, I've always thought, um, is, is the sort of different kinds of intelligence that you're asked, to you so there's a kind of haptic material intelligence along with a sort of intellectual cerebral uh, side of the brain and i really enjoy that sort of dialogue between those two Mm. very different aspects of the way that we think as humans um sorry i forgot where i was going with that
0: well i think what's (laughs) interesting. i mean i can really relate to that because i think it's always interesting when an architect builds their own house it's often designed so that the architect can actually build it, um, and me and my business partner, will we did that with our first project, and we, we made it all out of ply because we thought, well, we're not going to be able to work with steel and glass. We've got no idea what we're doing. This stuff, we can make mistakes. We can sort of mess around mm. a bit. Um, it's and it was that maybe part of the influence as well as yes. actually designing. You've got to be able to build it as well.
1: Yeah. So as sorry, that's where I was going with it. It was a it was a that was a key motivation, um, and actually, it's really nice. And if, if you if if you work with those limitations, but if you can conceptualize those limitations then actually rather than rather than being dull limitations they can actually uh generate a whole tectonic and a whole and that is mm. slightly what happened on courthouses you know apart from the, uh, r- the main motivation as i described is to get rid of all those different materials and trades and so on actually the self-built ac- aspect did actually drive uh some aspects of the architecture as well and so the building as a form is not only an expression of some of those Uh, material and life cycle issues, it's also an expression
0: um, of some of those self-build issues as well. So um, what was the dynamic like in terms of the design? Because there's three of you within that three, two, a couple, and also within that three, one's a builder um, and is going to be building it as well. How did that all kind of work and play out? Did you have kind of different roles?
1: Yeah, well, Dido and I obviously worked on and off together for, you know, since we've been together 20-something years. Um, so that's pretty easy. We're pretty, we're pretty direct and open. And, and as with all good design relationships, uh, it's a fairly robust conversation that goes on. There's no um, hedging, or you know, that's nice. But we just come in and say, no, that bit's crap. Um, and then the same with Oliver. Really, um, he's uh, Oliver's a very direct person. That's why we get on, I think, quite well. Um, and he's quite robust should we say so yes between the three of us um and i've known oliver again i've worked on and off with oliver in in, in colleges and with and he's all, he's, he he's comes from architecture the same place as i do more or less which is uh, starting with an, uh, an understanding of materials and making as a key driver mm-hmm. he, he's also uh, a, a good designer in relation to those issues of materials and making
0: so, what about before Courthouse? Then were there predecessors to this where you'd you'd experimented in a similar way, perhaps with other materials?
1: Not really. I've always made a lot, um, and I'm quite comfortable in workshops and on sites. Um, so, in terms of the general act of building, there's lots of stuff, like right? Yeah, I mean, there's quite a lot of background to that. But in terms of the actual architectural themes, um, no, not really.
0: <laughs> 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 did it did this project surprise you then as it kind of evolved like oh yeah what you've now got
1: yeah because it also sort of picked up a lot of um secondary um issues you know it. it sort of it sort of grew like a sort of uh i don't know like what like a like a ball of uh like a ball of weed blowing down the street it sort of got bigger <laughs> and bigger yeah like snowballed i think that's the phrase isn't it it snowballed and uh and so it took on lots of uh um other issues like the whole um, carbon stuff came into play. Um, the light, the, this form follows life cycle idea is something that is literally grown out of the project towards the end of the project. Obviously the more time you have to reflect uh, and also, you know, and, and, and communicate and the more publicity we got and the more interviews you do and the more articles you write. And, you know, that is, is a, that's a really, uh, I hadn't realized what, how much of an important aspect that is of one's work, really, that, that, that reflection because actually out of the object itself, grows more ideas you know, and, and bigger themes and conversations which then lead to more projects
0: and yeah well hopefully for a wider community as well i mean definitely for me it's one of those inspiring projects you see it and you think wow this can be done yet yeah, i didn't never even thought of that but what's so clever about it is it you make it look quite simple as well
1: <laughs> well that is the older that is the sort of um that's the uh that's the sort of duck isn't it on the pond yeah paddling like hell underneath why they look very simple yeah
0: well should we talk a little bit about the design because essentially the form of the building it's a rectangle but it's it's four squares in a row um with then or five squares in a row and then with a corbelled roof on top so a stepped kind of ceiling which completely responds to the building block element um one thing i really kind of liked this week i was doing a bit of research on the project a bit of sort of further research and um with my son we kind of we did the corbelled roof out of duplo um, and it was something that I'd never done before, incredibly simple. And I was amazed at how yeah. strong it was. You could put so much force yeah. on this Duplo yeah. pyramid with yeah. nothing underneath it. Um, <laughs> but that's, you've described already that that's quite a familiar form It's used in sort of old farmhouses in France. There's, um, I suppose, temples in Asia as well that use this kind of form. Yeah. Um, it, were, were these kind of visual influences on you? Was there an aesthetic that you were also looking for or was it completely a solution to a problem?
1: Always had Olive and I have always had an interest in the history of construction, uh, and the older the better, really. Um, so uh, you know, right, right, as you say, right, 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 back to the the pyramids and so on. So in terms of uh, whether we were interested in replicating that, not really. I guess I think one of the funny words Olive and I used not even sure its word was reimagining which <laughs> is a slightly more creative relationship to precedence um, which I think is a nice way of thinking about it but probably in answer to your question yes I like uh, actually it is a response to a specific set of um, properties and decisions um, that were already in place in the project so you know if you're going to um, or let's say, build using these blocks of material which only really work in compression, not in tension, um, and you're going to self-build it, and you're going to want to use a, a minimum uh, of falsework or scaffolding underneath, uh, unlike a normal arch, for example, where you'd have to build the whole thing in timber first. Um, and you want to bring the walls, you want to use the same system for the roof as the, for wall, for the walls to keep the whole thing simple and not introduce a secondary system so you're not using rafters and so on. Then obviously, you know, then the the result of that if you like see so that that's what we will say we, we olive and i both like design as result mm-hmm. um, and that's what that's how we think about the pyramids really but i mean the obviously there is a connection there because those earlier precedents also
0: were a result and these pyramids that at the top of them there's there's a roof light so there's there's light flooding in could you describe what it feels like to be in this space
1: yeah so the roof lights are paperweights essentially because there's no mortar or glue in the system obviously the top I don't know half a dozen courses of so, siren could easily blow away in, in a high wind um, because obviously lower down self weight takes over and holds them in place But so the roof lights hold down those top few courses um, just to introduce that little, a bit like pinnacles on um, on the um, buttresses on, on, old cathed- on cathedrals just to add that bit of compression at the, at the top of the structure uh, and so that, and so yeah. For when you're underneath those, um, it's quite that. That's probably the nicest thing in the house when we when we completed and we and we spent our first night in there and we lay down on the bed just before the sun had gone and we just walked, and we were, obviously we were expecting to get this nice thing with the where because obviously the frame of the roof light is is recessed out of the way so you are getting this mm-hmm. sort of you know the James Turrell effect you know lying there and we're talking about the quality of light and actually what became really weird is that I've never had it quite so palpably before is that um you get a really physical sense of load above you above you and then and then you get a sense that as it corbles, it sort of a, it comes down and around you, you really feel mm. cocooned and, and you feel gravity and load moving almost it's a yeah it was quite that was that was probably the my favorite quality of the architecture once it was completed I, and I, I hadn't i hadn't really
0: anticipated that fully because cork has so many qualities doesn't it in terms of what's the space like from an acoustic point of view as well i imagine it's a very yeah. and soft sound, that's also
1: yeah it's also something we hadn't really that's what also was kind of because we had all these genders you know architectural agendas environmental agendas and so on but what's i think the reason um it, it caught uh some imagination as it were um is because it's it's more than those agendas. As a space, um, it, it, it's got really rich sensory qualities. Just a, it's a <laughs> it's a really nice. It's just a great um, experience in there um, spatially again with the big pyramids and the and the and the load and so on. But in terms of court, yeah, it's acoustically um, obviously very absorbent. We were slightly worried it'd be quite dead. It would just suck the life mm-hmm. out of everything because it does that in terms of um lighting as well. It it's, it, it does suck uh, a lot of light and sound out of the space. But because it's mixed with quite a lot of glass and wood on the floor, um, you know there are enough reflective surfaces in there that you get quite a good balance. I mean, again, you're probably slightly intuitively doing that as an architect. You probably are in your mind balancing that, but we didn't really model it or anything like that. Mm-hmm. Um. So, yeah, so it, it, it's, it's very calm. you sit in there, there's no TV or anything in there. Um, it's supposed to be something of a retreat, you know, big, thick walls, um, quite cosy, um, quite a lot of light and shadow going on, um, light and dark. Um, and, yeah, this is a very calm. You find yourself just sitting there as the light goes down in the evening, just looking at the fire, um, just in silence, really. Mm. <laughs> it's quite a meditative space, and and it smells great as well. People think, "Oh, is that going to be a bit much?" But it is a really nice, and that, that subsides a bit now after after a couple of years. But um, it's a really nice background, woody, charcoaly, um, slightly vanillary smell in there. It's a really nice. It'd be interesting
0: well. to know actually what you know what the smell will be like in in years to come I'm, i think last year i was in visited a castle in italy and there was this room that's all lined with timber i can't remember what species it was but from 400 years ago and it still had this amazing aroma do you think cork will have that same kind of capacity i think it probably depends how much fish you cook in there probably
1: because <laughs> you know because it probably ha- it probably does have a certain absorbency in terms of aroma as well actually it's mm-hmm. quite a pitted surface, you know, it's a reconstituted granular product. So I imagine it probably will absorb quite a lot of smell. I mean, it, another thing, we, when we were doing the, when we were designing the cork cast early on, we went out to the cork forest in Portugal, which I thoroughly recommend to anyone um, vaguely interested in cork. Because if you contact Amarim, um, the insulation division, Amarim Isolamentos, um, the managing director, Carlos Manuel, is uh, loves uh, spreading the word about cork and he um, and he has hundreds of architects every month throughout the year especially in the summer when they're harvesting the cork. you can go out there and they'll um if, i think they'll pay your flights and all your food and hospitality and i'll show you around the factory take you to the cork forest you see the harvest you just pay your flights uh, and it's it's an experience um
0: really worth doing Sorry I went on a complete tangent there what was i talking about well um well we were talking about the wall surface and how it's, it's almost like a sponge with the with the smell you you're describing um i'm really curious actually what that so, i mean for people that don't know the house all the wall surfaces inside are cork um, what's that like a really boring kind of practical question but what about cleaning it does is that a tricky thing yeah cleaning
1: it i'm not 100% sure about cleaning it yeah there is a certain probably a certain amount of uh, residual dust in there probably um, I mean, obviously, we gave it a good clean once we'd finished. It doesn't seem to be shedding too much dust, um, and obviously, only the vertical surfaces are cork; none of the horizontal surfaces. Um, and in terms of hanging pictures, we often get asked about hanging pictures. Um, we've got some very big um, six-inch dowel for heavy things where we just so we just literally get a huge drill bit and we drill into the cork wall, and you can tap in a a section of dowel large oak piece of oak dowel and then you can obviously put a screw into that and that's what you hang
0: your picture off in terms of sort of lessons learned um from this project one thing i'm really curious about is do you think this is a sort of technology that can be developed for refurbishments as well so let's say somebody's extending their house. Is that something that's going to be compatible with a bricks and mortar type property? I think that it's quite a thick walled system
1: um, and obviously it's, it's a particular construction typology um, and it probably is best on raised timber decks um, so I'm not sure at, at, at a small scale I'm not sure You'd find what you know once you did a real feasibility study into those smaller examples that it would really be the way that you would choose to do it. I think you'd probably pick a cork house as a new build in a very particular location because you wanted a really particular kind of building. So I'm not mm-hmm. sure about that. You would use it. You know, I think you'd just think, okay, why not just use a nice timber system, a solid timber or a timber frame system? Actually, that's my that's my feeling on
0: it. I mean, yeah. Well, if if somebody wanted to do something similar, so um, wanted to, to build a house out of court, I imagine through this process, I'm guessing it was quite a fairly lengthy process in terms of research. UCL were involved as well. Is that, is that correct? Yeah, there were um, several partners. Yeah. And if somebody else wanted to do something similar, you must have had doubters along the way. You must have had challenges or people saying that it's not possible. Um, what what would other people planning something like this need to overcome to to be able to achieve what you've achieved?
1: I think if we're doing a single story version um, like the courthouse, then I think it'd be relatively straightforward. Um, two story one would progress. there's more research, probably fire tests involved. You might need some extra funding. I mean, you know, we, as well as the cost of the courthouse, we spent. Uh, a lot of money should we say um, on the research projects as well Um, but I think probably more than anything if you wanted it um, enough and you believed in it enough then yes although there are doubters actually um, it also had the reverse effect in that there were enough people that were carried along with the simplicity of the idea uh, and the concept of the project um to actually give, gave it, it developed his own momentum mm-hmm. so it's, it's, it's probably a mix of yeah of doubters and believers um so probably what you'd need if you're doing your own
0: thing is if you believe it enough there's nothing insurmountable there i mean you know clearly you've done you've laid a lot of the groundwork with doing this project for your own house are there any plans to i mean you were talking before about people that do log cabins and being extremely protective over the technology and the ideas of behind how they use the sort of cnc machinery um have you got any plans of developing a technology so that it can be shared or so that other people can benefit or or opt in buy in in some form
1: yeah, I mean, I've shared most of the stuff anyway already. <laughs> I mean, if people watch all the video YouTube stuff and yeah. and then look at the stuff I've, you know, it's everywhere. I mean, um, and you only have to look at one or two of the close-up photographs, and you probably could design your own system in a week. Um, so, I don't really have any plans. No, um, I mean, I'm, I'm doing something at the moment with someone uh, a joint. Uh, a a small garden building um system um project we need to to develop this to roll out something similar as a product um not using the cork structurally um so there are one or two things in the pipeline but but really you know as architects you know obviously uh, for some reason i'm attached to the um i'm attached to the incredibly unprofitable business model of doing everything as a bespoke one-off project every time Mm -hmm. rather than being more sensible and developing a product and yeah but it's not what you do is it it's not what you do as an architect i mean you know i don't want to be uh, a building product retailer i mean i'm sure there's more money if you made in it but it's not what we do
0: is it yeah no i'm just wondering whether somebody's approached you maybe that wants to do that or
1: I think it's too limited, honestly. I think it was yeah. more I think it's more significant um as a rhetorical project that raises yeah. a set of issues and uh, and debates, um and then hopefully bigger, better funded um, players in the construction industry um, will take for some of the ideas of the project
0: rather than the actual cork. Aspects of it, really. So, do you think there's a possibility of? Because I think Cork's kind of gaining a bit of momentum, and probably massively helped by by this project. Um, but do you think do you think there's any sort of scope of it going more mainstream, like big house developers engaging more with this kind of material? No. Why not? <laughs> <laughs> pretty, um, pretty definite answer there.
1: <laughs> no, I'm joking. Um, I, I just think that when you, you know, I know how it goes. You no, know, once you've had enough occasions on which people say they're interested, and then they look into it more, and you know, it, it's yeah, and they look at the realities of it, and the and the money involved, and some of the drawbacks, and the, you know that we've talked about already. Um, there are just easy ways to skin a cat. Mm -hmm. um in in terms of you know some of the environmental objectives or even in terms of the architectural objectives um yeah i just think i mean you know as i say if you want a really lovely cork house that's got a really strong character then yes you can't get that anywhere else for sure Mm -hmm. and i and i and i stand by the architecture that that it's that that it's been created um and that's why I'm happy, very happy to work on a one-off basis with the clients and so on to make that cork. But in terms of that rolling out question,
0: I, I'm just mm, slightly sceptical. Beyond the cork, there's there's other materials that you've also used. Predominantly cork, cork is the main structural element, but you've described the project as being um, plant-based. Can you maybe describe a, a, some of the other materials that you've used in the house and why, why plant-based I, is important?
1: Yeah, um, plant-based... Mainly because, obviously, it's it's just a renewable resource, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Uh, and as well as that, obviously, as we all know, it sequesters carbon. Um, and I know, you know, there's the questions about how the, the, how much that should count towards um, the carbon assessments. Um, but you know, under the current BS for carbon assessments, that that does count. Um, it is an offset, and it's it is actually particularly useful at this moment in time. Um, because obviously, in our current situation, taking carbon out of the atmosphere as it stands is a very useful role, even though it might be released back into the atmosphere in a hundred years' time when the building is demolished and some of it goes to you know, becomes biomass fuel or something. Um, so generally, though, plant-based, um, because yes, it's, it's it's a it's a renewable resource. Cork is particularly lovely in that respect um, because it comes from a biodiverse um, farming ecosystem, which is, which was obviously was a major bonus because um, obviously as well as the carbon issue, um, there is the ecological um, crisis as well. Um, and then in terms of the other material products, the, the, sorry, the, the, the plant-based products, there was a coir, mm. um, which is a highly processed uh, softwood Um, that essentially has had all the life taken out of it, all the juices and the sap, and then it's re-impregnated with essentially vinegar. And so it's pickled, long-lasting timber. Um, That's, for me, um, you know, obviously there are embodied carbon issues there. Uh, It comes from New Zealand, um, most of it for the time being. Um, But still, uh, what it enables you to do is use timber as an exposed external construction product with a a degree of certainty. So Arabs were very happy... um, designing uh, some of the uh, external structure of this building as long as it was in a coir it's it's an incredibly stable durable Mm long-lasting product Um, and then the other main material was spruce CLT Um, so and that's pretty well you know that's pretty well understood as a building product but again the timber was used it's also quite nice in the house it's quite a clear structural diagram between the cork takes all the compressive load, uh, vertical load and compression, and then all these shear and lateral loads in the building uh, are taken through the uh, timber structure that's in the building.
0: And then in terms of wet area, so in terms of the shower and the kitchen, um, you've used quite a lot of brass. Mm. Um, what was the thinking behind using, uh, what was the benefit to using brass?
1: Yeah, so it's solid, unlacquered brass. Um, so it's, it's, it's kept as a pure material. Uh, and then uh, that can be recycled back into the manufacturing chain, if and when it ever goes back into the manufacturing chain. But it's incredibly durable. I mean, that will obviously long that will last a lot longer than anything else in the house. Um, and the same with the copper, um, using solid, unla unlacquered copper for rainwater goods, um, electrical conduits internally, and so
0: on. And that's, I mean, that's another key thing about this design is it's entirely demountable so you can take it apart component by component and each item can be recycled i I can imagine that must have been very challenging because so much of typical construction we do is just not demountable at all
1: yeah that was great actually that that was my favorite bit um, because of its impact on the design process Mm -hmm. Um, so that that form follows life cycle idea again you know that if you if you envisage your, your own death <laughs> and the death of the building and you're prepared to look 100 years into the future, which, of course, increasingly society no one wants to do, um, if I could cite the current issues going on at the moment in the world at large. Um, it's, it's great to, um, you know, you can actually, so, you know, where all the windows, for example, are all installed, um, they're bolted through into... Uh, Pieces of timber in the jams which are then housed within the pre-routed cork blocks. So those windows, take those windows out. You just take out four bolts, and then literally knock the window out. Now it's it's uh, it's quite a nice discipline. So every single fixing in the house, down to say the floorboards, for example. You know, everyone we're all in love, aren't we, with 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 everything looking very slick and clean. And uh, of course, the cork house is nice because in the floor in there, you, you see thousands of brass screws um, holding down the floorboards and bolts in the jams of the windows and brass screws in where the s- brass is fixed down in the bathroom, in the kitchen, and so on. And all the furniture t- is made in the same way. Um, so it's a really nice discipline to have and to think through. What I don't want to say, though, is that we are implying that the court has a short lifespan. That's something which uh, has been implied Uh, Because it's designed for the semi that's not true. But I don't, I don't see just because one should design buildings to last several hundred years, which of course one should. I don't see why that means that we don't have to think about buildings in terms of material economy. At some point in the life of the planet, (laughs) chances are that building, whether it's 20 years or whether it's 500 years, will return to the material economy. So it seems to me a a perfectly valid position um, to occupy that you design for a long life and then you design for uh, a circular economy as well.
0: And if somebody wanted somebody starting a project, let's say they're right at the outset and they've got the ambition, they're inspired by this. They want to do something that is plant based. They want to do something that is very low carbon content. um, What would be your kind of number one piece of advice right at the outset of a project?
1: Um, check your bank balance, probably. (laughs) Yeah, it's a mixture, isn't it, of um, enthusiasm and caution. I guess it's risk management, isn't it? Mm -hmm. That was something I really learned on this project, um, is the value of a risk register actually as a way, as 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 an entire form of project management actually you don't actually need any more than a risk register, which I'd never really understood before. Um, that was actually introduced as part of the Innovate UK funded project, um, having a risk register, and that actually we, we started to use that, as you know, every stage, things are unfolding, and there are, there are you've established, there are knowns, um, which are previously unknown, but then obviously there are new unknowns, and that's, it's a really interesting um, um, diagram of how you proceed through a project. So, Again, it's it's that um, yeah, it's it, it, it's proceeding with uh, with caution mm-hmm. and and being realistic, ambitious and realistic. A combination. That's probably yeah 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 like like all good projects. No yeah any yeah. Any, bus- any business any business rule will tell you that probably isn't it? Is, yeah, you want
0: ambition and realism um so there's now three questions that i'm asking um all of my guests and the first one i think we'll start with um in relation to cork house what is the one thing that really annoys you uh, in your uh yeah it's funny this one because uh i thought um
1: you know there's very little on the cork house and that sounds awful thing to say very smug um, (laughs) uh, i yeah i'm 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 flabbergasted
0: at how much i like it (laughs) I'm, I'm not. I'm not going to let you get away with that. You have to pick something.
1: Well, I guess it's quite a. Uh, obviously, it's not the most robust thing. Um, I mean, my my uh, my son is living in there in there at the moment uh, with a couple of friends. They're sort of isolating as a unit. They're 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 a little. They're they're a band of musicians. Mm-hmm. So they're living in, and, you know, uh, yeah. I guess it's the irresistible passage of time. Is probably what annoys me most because I'm obviously as the. Within the family, I'm obviously the person responsible for all forms of building and DIY and mm-hmm. maintenance. So I guess that um, unavoidable passage of time and the associated maintenance that comes with that—I um, <laughs> mean, it's funny because I'm not bad at, uh, 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 at, at appreciating the passage of time and, and what you know what that means in terms of being you know aging, getting wrinkles, um, how buildings weather. You know, I'm quite okay with that um, generally. Um, philosophically, but then in terms of you know when I yeah, the, yeah. I've done a lot of DIY in my time. <laughs> in my defence, and it's starting to get on my nerves a bit. Um, yeah,
0: I, I mean, I think this house is the ultimate DIY. It's incredible. Yeah,
1: so yeah, yeah maybe I should be more zen about it, um, and 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 relish those sorts of that sort of DIY. But uh, yeah, as I say, I've done a lot of DIY, and I'm getting a bit bored of it. Yeah,
0: time for a break. Yeah. Um. If you could describe one home that you have lived in or perhaps you have visited um, that has made you feel happy, um, could you describe it and, and tell me why?
1: Uh, easy one for me. It's, it's a mobile home. Um, i spent a lot of my teenage years and early 20s driving around uh, in a camper van with friends. Um, we had a really nice uh, VW Type 2, a Devon Sundowner, a really lovely conversion. Um, and whether it was with the family or with my friends, um, I've got an incredible amount of fond memories waking up uh, in funny places, brushing my teeth next to um, dual carriageways and things. You know, Um something just fantastic about being on the road and then just popping up the roof, you know, not knowing quite where you are, and then waking up in the middle of a um, Russian tank range, you know. Which we did once, you know, it's that kind of yeah. So, that's an easy one for me. It's the I am never happiest than uh, never happier than in a van.
0: I mean, is it, is it fair to say that maybe Cork House is a kind of expanded version of a, of a van? It's, it's pretty yeah. compact, isn't it? Linear yeah, layout. It, yeah,
1: it has lots of things in common. You know, I generally like things that are quite primitive and rugged. Mm-hmm. Um, but as I'm getting a bit older, I, I guess I've got I, you know, it sounds really pathetic but i quite like places that are quite primitive and rugged and connected to the outdoors and the outside but with just enough mod cons so it isn't too inconvenient <laughs> it's a bit pathetic but um yeah i still like spaces and uh that's why i like some of these old buildings and i live in a you know, very simple primitive house you know and that's what the court houses as well it's something quite direct isn't there's not a lot of mod cons there it's it's quite sort of um basic living i like basic living not not too basic as i say
0: and if you could choose any designer to design you a home who would you choose what a
1: question um i think i thought about it i thought someone either really really young like a like sort of a bunch of school kids under 10 i thought it'd be quite nice to do just to let that go and take it seriously and actually build Work with them, collaborate. I mean obviously an architect, you can't you can't hand it over entirely to anyone. I'd never do that, by the way. <laughs> We're talking collaborations here. <laughs> I, I can't let go of the ego. No, I would collaborate um with 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 some school kids and take that and really build, you know, take that really seriously. Um or maybe just someone really, really old, maybe. Maybe an architect, someone over ninety. Yeah, someone someone <laughs> someone close to
0: death. <laughs> Um, Matthew, uh, thank you so much for joining me uh, for today's session. Pleasure. Good to talk. Thank you for listening to another architecture podcast. If you'd like to find out more about Cork House, then please visit the website at anotherarchitecturepodcast.com. If you've enjoyed the episode then please give us a review on iTunes or whichever platform you are listening on as it's a great way to help other people find the podcast. I look forward to you joining me for the next episode and thank you for listening.